We're streaming live the Word of God once more. Thank you for tuning in and listening and watching. And uh, may the Lord bless you. We just have an opening prayer, please. Father, we thank you again for once more the day of grace that allows us to preach the word of the living God. And Father, we thank thee that in this day, as we look around us, we thank thee that we have this truth that thou hast given to us in a world, Lord, where there's much confusion and delusion. We thank thee for the mighty word of the living God. And we pray, Father, this morning, that you'll touch this servant, that you'll bless thy word, and that men and women will take heed to what they hear, and that thou will get all the praise and all the glory, for thou must increase, and we must decrease. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Now, returning to some verses uh, this morning from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Paul's first letter to 1 Thessalonians and chapter 5. And if you have a Bible convenient, read with me. If you haven't, maybe you can look up these words uh, later on. Verse 1 says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, Ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Those are very solemn words there. They shall not Escape, and mind you, when God says that, there's no way out of it. They shall not escape. But ye, brethren, now he's speaking to two types of people here. Uh, there's a distinction. Uh, he's speaking to the people of God, and he's speaking to the ungodly. But here he's speaking in verse 4. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep, as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, and that's another type of people here, the two types, they that sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for helm and helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And so reads the word of the Lord. Amen. When the old patriarch Jacob was dying, he gathered his sons around him, put his hand upon their heads, and he pronounced a blessing upon each one of them. And as he did that, he, he described briefly uh, something of the characters of each of them. For instance, when he, he began with the weakness of Reuben, 
He says, Reuben, as unstable as water. You know, Reuben wobbled a bit, and we all wobble, I'm sure we all do, as we go along the road of life. He spoke of the weakness of Reuben. And then he spoke of the wickedness of Dan. Dan, the serpent who bites the horse's heel. If you know anything about the tribe of Dan, there was a devilish trait about them. And then he came to Asher and he spoke of the wealthiness of Asher. He says, Asher shall dip his foot in oil. And even as I speak to you this morning, that tribe, the descendants of the tribe of Asher, uh, are at the foot of Mount Carmel, round about the foot of Mount Carmel, and they're enjoying all the wealth and blessings of the of the valley of the olive down there in that part. But when he came to the tribe of Issachar, he talked about the perceptiveness of Issachar. He said there were men who understood the times and knew what to do. Do you get that now? They understood the times and they knew what to do. In other words, they were wise, prudent, and perceptive to the state of things that were going on in the nation. Uh, they were there for that occasion, just like Esther. Uh, they were in the kingdom for such a time as this. Now, the time that the Isaacar was there, there was a national crisis. There was a dissension, confusion, and delusion that reigned between the house of Saul and the house of David. The whole kingdom was in turmoil. The Ark of the Covenant had been taken away. David had been crowned king, but he hadn't established his leadership. And there was a bitter dispute went on between the two armies. And right into the middle of this mix came the men of Issachar. There were only 200 of the heads of them compared to thousands of the other. But these 200 heads, there were men of unity, men of, who understood the times and men who knew what to do. Men who were in touch with God and who had words from the mouth of God for the situation of the day that they were in. And thank God that has always been the way that God has had his men. They knew what to do and how to do it. Now as we come again this morning to uh, preach on prophecy uh, under the title The End of All Things Are at Hand. I want to ask and answer some questions in regards to the time that we're in, in regard to the times that we are in at this moment. And I'm thinking about COVID-19. I'm thinking about this because it's claiming in GB, in, in, in the British Isles, it's claiming a thousand, uh, a thousand people every day. And well may we ask, what indeed is going on? And well may we ask, what can we do in this situation? Now I know that most people are doing their best to deal with the casualties of it, to slow it down and to stop it. The politicians and the scientists and the medical people are exhausting themselves in quest for answers. In the past couple of days, my mind went back to two other men in scriptures who understood times that were bad and times that the, the nations were in distress. And, and I began to think of, of Joseph and Daniel. Remember whenever King Pharaoh in Egypt uh, and King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon had crises in their nation that threatened the very existence of their livelihood and changed everything for them. 
they brought in their top men, they brought in the magicians and the sorcerers and the astrologers and the soothsayers and they failed, they couldn't, couldn't get a solution. So both those men in different part, different kingdom, different both those men turn to men of God. They turn to Joseph and they turn to Daniel and both of them had answers because they had answers from God. And they didn't come with vaccines, they didn't come with doctrines, they didn't come with drugs, they didn't come with briefcases. They came on their knees before God and God gives them an answer. Thus saith the Lord. And both cases they were 100% right and they solved the situation and they settled the kings and they brought peace and tranquility to the kingdom. Now my friends, to deal with symptoms and to deal with the manifestation of, of, of things and, and fruit of things, we have to go back to the root. We have to get back to the root cause before we can deal with the fruit itself. And unless and until, and I'm continually saying this, unless and until the church and goes back, and the politicians, and the leaders, and everybody goes back to the very, very back to the very root of the problem, right back to God, then there's no answers. The only way we can understand the times, the only way that we can know the times and the seasons, is to go back to this book, back to this infallible, indestructible word of God that has answers for everything, and always will have answers for anything and everything that we come across in our life. It's not by the might of medical men, and I'm not running down them, but it's not by the might of medical men, it's not by the power of money men, it's not with the Chancellor's billions that's going to solve this, it's not the mass, the, the masks and the ventilators and the self-isolation, all that may help and all that may be good to slow it down or even to stop it, but it doesn't tell us. It doesn't tell us where it come from. It doesn't tell us why it has come. It doesn't tell us what we have to learn in these, in these days in which we're shut in and locked in and it seems to be getting more so. Doesn't tell, those things don't tell us. They only deal with the, with the fruit of what's going on around. They're not even able to do that. So we have to get right back to the root. We have to get right back to what is going on. Back to the scriptures of truth. Back to the sure word of prophecy. That's what this book is called. It's the sheer word of prophecy. It's not by night. And it's not by, 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 by money. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And we need the Holy Spirit to show us these truths in, the, in these days. And uh, there's very little truth about in these days. What's truth and what's lies now, we don't know if we're all mixed up. Oh, that which is good is evil and that which is evil is good. But I was thinking, someone mentioned to me the other day, it was Dennis Healy that said in the 70s, all big events have been stage managed. Now I don't know how much stage management is going on and I don't know what's going on out there. That's not my job. My job is to preach this word. My job is to show men and women their need of Christ in this hour in which we live in. They tell me that Bill Gates can get a, will be able to get a vaccine for this eventually. And if he does... Uh, you'll not get it until you take the chip. But I tell him I'm not taking this chip. And I'm not taking this vaccine either. They can keep both of them. I, I don't, I, all I want, it's not a vaccine I'm looking for is victory in Jesus. It's power in the world. I'll be away and the church will be gone before the Antichrist puts down 666 and I'll be dealing with that another day. But friends, the sad thing in our nation is that most of our leaders 
can't go back to the book. They can't go back to God. For they're self-declared, many of them atheists, agnostics, and they don't believe it. Wasn't it Alistair Campbell who run the government for Blair, made that famous statement, or was it Blair, Tony Blair himself? We don't do God. We don't do God. Well, when you even head of the nation talking like that, you're in terrible trouble. We don't do God. Didn't Mr. Cameron close the Olympics in 2012 with the anthem? You look it up and you'll find that I'm right. With the anthem, praise be to the summer, praise be to the winter, praise be to the spring, praise be to the autumn, back to pagan gods and not one mention of the God that has delivered Britain time and time and blessed the nation and brought it and raised it to where it was time and time again. Not one word. The rich now, some of them, calling God a beast. The rich now calling God cruel for what he's doing and killing people. The very rich are doing that. He can't go back. He can't. My friend, they're hypocrites now. We're in great trouble. They can't go back to a God that they deny. Did you ever see a day? Did you ever see a day when students and universities are encouraged to bring in plants and shrubs and set shrines up and bow before them and ask them to forgive them, pray to the shrubs and to the plants and ask them to forgive them for the way they've abused the planet? The very same people that have prohibited prayer out of the assembly in the universities and in schools. How can they turn back to the book now? When they have denied the only way, my friend, they can do this is in complete and utter repentance. How can they turn back to the book when they've denied it and mocked it and eradicated it from Parliament, from schools, from hospitals, from hotels, to please the Muslims? And, and if they can, and in many places they are, taking it off the streets where you can't preach it in the street. After this, we might be living in a police state anyway. Did you ever see the day when church leaders with their gowns and their hats and their staffs and their crooks, parading through what they call a Christian church, denying the virgin birth, the virtuous life, the vicarious death, the victorious resurrection, and the visible return of our Lord Jesus Christ. All those things, my friend, many of them deny. Was the Spurgeon that said that, that the fish goes bad at the head first? Well, if they're wrong at the head, if they're wrong with Christ, they're wrong all the way over. God help us. That's the day we're living in. Did you ever think you'd ever see a day that, that legally murder over 200,000 children in one year? You cut them up in the womb and suck them out in the vacuum and do it legally? Did you ever see a day in our nation when men uh, with men and women with women would walk down the aisles of our churches and have children blessed with this abominable relationship that the, 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 the marriage Legalized lawlessness. It's legalized lawlessness. Those are the days. Those are some of the days, my friends, that we are living in. Those are the times and those are the seasons that we are in at this moment of time. And if ever we needed men and women who understood the times and the seasons and the reasons for what's going on around us, it's these days and this hour which we live. And it's lovely to hear the messages of comfort. And we need to hear them. And it's lovely to be encouraged in these days when there's so much discouragement. But my friend, we have to, we have to get back to the book. Bring back the book. 
and let's see what God says and let's see what God wants us to do. And thank God we have scriptures here. Oh, thousands of scriptures. But we have one scripture here this morning that ties in with what we're speaking about and what we're doing. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 1 to 11, where we have just read. And if you have your Bible open, you can look at those scriptures. If you haven't, you can do that later. Now, we have a group of believers in Thessalonians. I, I think that there were modern men and women of the time of Esachar. Because when I read verse 1, it says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly. Oh, I tell you, he, he's saying to them, I don't have any need to write to you people. You know perfectly the times and the seasons that we're in. Now, how did they know? Well, Paul was only three Sabbath days amongst them, you know, when he was in. They, they were taught in those three weeks of Paul, he was talking about these end times subjects. And they, they were, Paul was a good teacher and they were good students. They knew about the times and the sea perfectly well. And they knew it so well that he says, I don't even have to write to you about it. Ah, my friend, where, where are the, the, the men and the women in the modern Christian evangelical church today that know the, 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 the times, that know the seasons, that know the, what's going to happen after this all, all, all is over or at any moment now what can happen? We know very little about prophetical scriptures today. We've been denied it from many of our pulpits. How did they know? Well, Paul taught them. Paul taught them. He taught them in chapter 4, if you read chapter 4, he, he taught them about the great truths of the rapture and the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He, he talked about death. He, he gave them the premillennial view of the church uh, and thank God for it. He told them that the dead in Christ, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel with the tongue of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. He had told them that and they knew that and they understood that and they understood it perfectly well. But they're hungry you see and they want more and they want to know what's going to happen after that. They want to know what's going to happen when the church goes. Well we're told here and in many other places what's going to happen whenever the church goes. At any moment we could be taken out. Any second we could be lifted out. There's not one prophecy to be fulfilled until we're lifted out and, for, and we'll be with the Lord. Not one. This, this chapter portion here is not talking about the rapture. He's talking to, about the rapture and, and now they want more. And they want to know and they perfectly knew everything that he, that he had taught them. And this is the, what we call the pre, first of all here in chapter 4, the pre Millennial view, the rapture, the taking out before the tribulation. And remember this, that we should be very thankful uh, for the brethren people. And thank God for them who raised, re resurrected and reinvented and reestablished this old truth that it fell into bad company as it were. It fell into cruel hands with amillennialism, postmillennialism and modernism. Thank God for men like James Nelson Darby and C.H. McIntosh who resurrected these old biblical truths of Paul and, 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 and preached them. And may God help us to preach them that Jesus is coming soon, that he's taken the church out and we're going home to be with him. And then we're coming back with him to reign. And my friend, that's going to be a mighty day. And that's what this scripture is talking about here in chapter 5. 
These saints are not content with what already they heard. They want to hear more. And so we want the next stage of events. And I'll be giving you the next stage of events as we go on with these prophetical meetings. This is the day of the Lord here at Space. The day of the Lord. Not the day of Christ. This is the day of the Lord. This is the second part of Titus uh, chapter uh, Titus 2 and 13. Apostle Paul, Apostle Titus, Paul to Titus 2 and 13. And here's what it says. Looking for the blessed hope. <laughs> That's the rapture. <laughs> My friend, I'm looking forward to this blessed hope. It's the only hope we have. She won't other hope have. She can't put her hope in men. She can't put her hope in money. And you'll not, certainly not be able to put it in after this is all over. The blessed hope. I'm looking for the blessed hope. My friend, it's blessed to have that hope that at any moment Jesus could come and we'll be taken up and out of this whole, whole shebang, as they say, and we'll be forever with the Lord. That, that's a powerful text in, second, in, in, in Titus 2 and 13, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. There's seven years between that, when we go, and then we are coming back with the saints, and, and with the saints to reign, and a thousand years millennial reign, and Jesus shall reign wherever the sun. Colossians 3 tells us another verse, and we could give you dozens of verses. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him. We're going to appear with him. We'll have to go with him, to appear with him. And we're coming back in the Revelation, coming back uh, to, back to uh, the, the, the rule with Jesus to the millennial reign of Christ. Well, that's what he's talking about here. Now, we're not going into this this morning, but I want to give you a few things as we close. I want you to show you what, what, what he says here in verse 2. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, that the day of the Lord, his revelation coming back to the earth, comes as a thief in the night. Now that's sudden. That's sudden. My friend is sudden. It'll be, it, in verse 3 it says, when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction. You see, once the church goes, the Antichrist is going to step in. He's waiting on the sidelines. Of course he is. He has to be. He's standing somewhere with his briefcase and he's waiting for the church to go. And once the church goes, he's going to come in. And he's going to be the devil incarnate and they'll all bow and they'll worship him and he'll maybe get a, a cure for this disease and hundreds of other things. He'll be able to do almost what he likes and only what God allows him to do, but he'll have the power of the devil. And uh, he'll, 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 there'll be peace for the first three and a half years, the Bible said. And there'll be peace in Israel and there'll be peace in Iran and there'll be peace in Syria and there'll be peace in Northern Ireland and there'll be peace everywhere. And that, and that peace will come. And then he says, when that peace is there, everybody says, oh, this is great. This is powerful. This is And sudden, 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 my friend, at the end of the tribulation, sudden, all hell will break loose. And suddenly, our Lord will come back again with the saints. And that's, that's, what, he's, that's what he's speaking about here. And it's going to be sudden. It's going to be sudden. People will think that oh, everything's great and everything's good and the economy's back and everything's doing well and this is a great man and, and, and we'll bow to him and he's marked us with the 666 and we're all serving him and everything's doing the best and Israel's at peace and all's at peace and then suddenly, suddenly, all he'll turn on Israel and all hell will break loose and then Jesus will come up. It's going to be sudden. But also he says here it's going to be severe. It's going to be what destruction. 
It's going to be very severe. And you read Revelation when the seals are open and read what's going to happen when, when destruction comes upon this earth. My friend, this is Mickey Mouse to what we're in at the moment. Enjoy this if you're not saved because you're going to get an awful light. I'm telling you, you're going to get an awful, an awful, an awful attack. And you'll see that you will be sorry as we close this message where you didn't go, severe, where you didn't come to the Lord. It's sudden, it's severe, it's sure. It says it's like a woman with contraction pains, given, given birth and the pains get worse and they get worse. And there's one thing sure, that when those pains come, that she's going to give birth. And it's sure here, I'll tell you it's sure. God says it and God will do it. And these, all these prophetical scriptures, my friend, every one of them will come according to the word of God. But here's the bit I want to close with this morning. And this is the, this is, this is the sad bit here this morning. And, and, and when, I, when I look at it and I think about it, 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 it just grips me. They shall not escape at the end of verse 3. They shall not escape. Listen, friend. If you don't get saved now, you'll not get saved then. Listen, friend, let me tell you this from a heavy heart this morning. There'll be no place to run then. There'll be no place to hide then. Now is the accepted time. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. It will be too late then. It will be too late, my friend, once the church goes. And once the tribulation comes, it will be too late for you to be saved. The Bible says that the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the mighty men, and the bondsmen, and the free men, all called on the rocks and the mountains to, to cover them. They wanted to die, but they couldn't die. Cover them from the fierce, from the wrath of the Lamb. They couldn't get out. They couldn't die. They couldn't get saved. It was too late. There was no gospel. There was no preachers. There was no tracts. There was no radio messages. It was too late that missed it. Don't you miss it. Please don't miss it. I'm saying to you that this virus has come along and one reason it has come along that you might sit up and you might listen. Any wonder Jesus says as it was in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. The days of Noah and the days of Lot, there was places to hide. There was places to run to. There was places to go. In Lot's case, the door of the ark was open. They were pleaded with. They were preached to. They were parlayed with. And the door was open for them to go in. In, 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 Lot's, in, in Noah's case, in Lot's case, the mountain. There was the mountain of Zohar. And the sun was shining over Zohar. And God said to Lot, tell the family, get out, run, flee, flee to the mountain. Flee to the mountain. I say to you, you flee to Mount Calvary today. You flee to the cross today. You flee to Jesus today. You flee to him today. Flee now. It'll be too late then. There'll be no hope then. If Jesus were to come today or tomorrow, which he could well do, you'll be left behind. You'll be lost. You'll be lost. It's only the dead in Christ that's going to rise first. And, uh, and, and then those which are alive and remain will be caught up together with the Lord. It'll be too late, my friend, if you're not in Christ. If you're, not, if you're not at the mountain, if you're not at Calvary, if you're not to the cross, if you haven't repented, if you haven't turned to Jesus, it'll be too late. Too late. There's, it says here, there's no escape. And how shall you escape if you neglect so great salvation? 
There's no other hope. There's no other way. There's nothing but Calvary. There's nothing but the cross. Friend, that's why Christ died. That's why God so loved the world that he gave. That's why he allowed him to hang naked on an old cross and crowned with thorns and spat on him and bludgeoned him and mocked him and stripped him that he might die for our sins. Thank God. He has died once for all and forever. The sacrifice has been offered. The price has been paid. Now is the time. The time is running out. And you need to come and you need to repent and you need to turn to Christ. Because there's no escape. And I friend, there's no escape from hell either. And there's no escape out of there because Jesus tells us that there's a great gulf fixed between heaven and hell. Those out of heaven will not want to come back and those out in hell will not want, will want to get out but they'll not be able to get out. There's a great gulf fixed. There's no escape. No escape, my friend. This is the route of escape this morning. This is the way of escape this morning. It's the way of the cross. The way of Calvary. A way to Christ. A way to him with his arms outstretched. says, come. Come on to me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Today, come. How do you know that he might come today? Be ready. Be ye also ready, for you know not the day or the hour that the Son of Man cometh all with all my heart with all my soul. I'm pleading to you that are out there today. I'm pleading to you to come before this awful destruction comes upon the world. Before this awful, awful, awful uh, state of affairs comes and these seals are open and all hell breaks loose and the horsemen of the apocalypse ride in. And oh, my friend, there's no hope. That hope's still here because the church is here. That hope's still here because the Holy Spirit is still here. That hope's still here because we are still here. That hope's still here because preachers are still here. That hope's still here because the tracts are here and the gospel messages are here. And above all, above all, let me re-emphasize, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is here. And you can come and he's saying to you, come, come, get saved today. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Come into my heart and save me from my sin. Get ready. Right back. This this time, this these are the times, these are the seasons that we're living in, my friend. We need to understand them and know them that if you don't repent, you perish, and it's too late for you. May God help you to come to Jesus, come to the cross, seek him while you may be found, and he'll forgive you and he'll cleanse you. And he has told us, he's told us here, he has appointed us not unto wrath. Not unto wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. He hasn't appointed us to wrath. Uh, there'll be no there'll be no 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 no, no tribulation for us. He hasn't appointed us to wrath, but unto salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Escape, flee from the wrath to come, and come to Jesus now. May God help you to do that. Amen and amen.